In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today, and you're going to feel that way, too, because you're going to get to meet a, a dear friend of mine named Rick Thompson. Welcome, Rick. Thanks, Mark. Great to be here. Glad to have you here. I know your story, and uh, I can't wait for everybody else to hear what the Lord's done in your life. Uh, it's truly, uh, there's a lot of miracles that's happened in your life, and I wish we had hours to talk about it, but these podcasts are limited, of course. And so I want to just start off um, by asking you, of course, um, how you came to to know the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I was raised, um, like many of us, in a home where we went to church most Sundays, and I knew who Jesus was, and I was raised and educated that way. But uh, like a lot of folks, it got around to college time, and uh, I didn't go to church in college, and came out probably out of college uh, knowing who he was. I think I believed in him, but I really didn't have a personal relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you say you grew up, you went to church as a kid and yes. probably just heard the the biblical stories, but it just didn't go from the head down to the heart. Right? That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. So what and what was it about after college for you that um, Christ became more real? Well, I'm uh, kind of stubborn, so it took a while. Um, <laughs> Nancy and I met at college, my wife, and uh, uh, this is kind of the beginning of the all about me phase because you come out of college and you know you've got a career. And uh, we moved a number of times, uh, but it was Nancy and I, and we were in love, and uh, we were best friends. You met in college, right? We so did. So were you like the captain of the soccer team, and she was the, ca- the cheerleader captain, or how'd that work? You do know my story. <laughs> That's exactly right. I wasn't the captain, but well, give was, a shout out to your school. Where did you go? Uh, we went. To, uh, well, I'm a Bucknell Bison. A Bucknell Bison. Yeah, and uh, probably the only thing That's in Pennsylvania. Everybody thinks sports. It's in Pennsylvania. Um, we had an ESPY once because we beat Kansas back in 2004. That That's a long time ago, though. Okay. The only other thing there was a uh, federal penitentiary, and our, our, our soccer team used to go over and play against the inmates, which is a whole other story. <laughs> I bet you do have some stories. <laughs> but uh, so, so, yeah, so um, Nancy and I, um, you know, first three years of our marriage, we were married young, and we went out and we were in California, and uh, gosh, we're seeing all of California. Uh, we didn't make any money, but didn't need to, just had a company car and gas and wonderful uh, life together start. And, you know, we had our plans and uh, everything was going great. Uh, like you said, we were both successful. And um, so we were implementing our plans. And um, so we had our first baby and Nancy was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And six months into that pregnancy, uh, emergency, Nancy goes to the hospital and there's an emergency C-section. Our daughter Katie is born one pound, nine ounces, three months oh earlier, back in 1983. Now think about okay. technology and med- medical. And how you know, old are abilities. you at this time? I'm 26. Okay. Yeah. Just a young guy. Just a young guy. And uh, so I had uh, Katie in one hospital and one pound, nine ounces, and Nancy in another hospital. And uh, I didn't know if either one of them was going to live. And um, wow. thank God. Um, so so th- I'm going to tell you a little bit of story. It starts off with maybe use the word suffering. Um, I don't know if God deliberately gets our attention and causes suffering, but he used the suffering to get mm-hmm. my attention. I'll yeah. say that. 
And uh, I so, think a lot of people can relate to that. Yes, I think just about everybody has that kind of story. So uh, Katie, uh, Nancy obviously uh, recovered, got better. Katie came home. Uh, you know, we had to wake her up every two hours to feed her. And uh, she was, you know, on buzzers and all of that. But we, she grew out of that, and she was severely handicapped. But Katie was cognitively very bright. So she was one of these folks that um, she would speak with her eyes, right? Mm. And, uh, like, I'd come home from work at night, and uh, her eyes would light up, and she'd be, you know, she could say da, but she couldn't say much else. Mm. For Nancy's sake, she could say ma, too. <laughs> but... Uh, so Katie, you know, she um, after about three years, we moved to Atlanta for the first time. And again, this is all about me phase. We've we moved Nate seven times. Wow. This was uh, the phase that I think others can relate to, where it was my plan mm -hmm. uh, under my power mm -hmm. <laughs> for my glory, mm -hmm. right? And uh, so you know, when I was taught by my father, you kind of put your head down and you go. You don't complain. You work through things and. Uh, you know, some of that's good teaching, but um, <laughs> you'll see it eventually blew up. So um, Nancy and I moved to Atlanta, and uh, within three weeks, we had been to church three day, three three Sundays, and I'll come back to that. And uh, then we were we were home, and we we're about to leave for Hilton Head to visit my parents, and we were feeding Katie a meal. And, and how old is Katie this time? Three years old. She is three. Okay. Yeah, three, just over, just had her third birthday, okay. actually. And uh, she started to choke. And so we didn't know it at the time, but she had a very rare genetic disease uh, that was kind of like muscular dystrophy, where you lose function. So she was having a hard time swallowing and such. So mm. I find myself in the car following Nancy and Katie in an ambulance down to uh, uh, Children's Hospital. It was called something else at the time. And so Katie was in there for about 10, 11 weeks. And... Uh, she never came home. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but you know, it, it's funny. I remember sitting out the night she died and looking up at the, the moon, 4 a.m. She had died at 3 in the morning and just wishing that it was 30 years from now so I'd be closer to seeing her because I knew where she was going. And it is 30 years. <laughs> Actually, uh, 1986, so it's 33 years since she died. So you're at this time, you've got this infant daughter. Yeah. That you've got a career. Yeah. You've got a wife. Yeah. And um, but your faith life is not in order. That's right. And the night she passes away. Yeah. Uh, you're about what twenty nine years old. Yes. Just a young man. Yeah. My twenty. Uh, no, I was twenty. Yes, that's correct. Yes. You're about twenty nine years old. Yes. And so you look up at the the stars, mm -hmm. and what's the message you get? I can't say that. It, I think it was a message that was, uh, I, I, I just wanted to, the day to end, and I wanted life to go quickly because I wanted to be with her again. Wow. I, I believed in heaven, but I, you know, I didn't, I'm not going to say I had a lot of hope, but I, I, I want to back up a little bit and tell you one story in the hospital. Yeah, please. Right before she died. Uh, Nancy and I, after, you know, the, the, probably about three days before she died, uh, we came into the hospital and she was, Katie was obviously not expelling oxygen. She was blue. So there was a bit of an emergency and uh, uh, Katie went through, uh, you know, the ICU and the doctors got together with us and said, listen, we're not going to be able to fix this. So while you're going to see Katie, it's going to happen again. So we'd like you to think about how you'd like to handle that. And what they're suggesting is to sign a do not resuscitate. So this is our daughter, right? Mm -hmm. So I go into the ICU, and uh, there's Katie, 
and uh, she was blue when I saw her last, and she was pink because they were pumping oxygen through her blood, and she was intubated. Every arm leg was connected to some kind of hose, right? And she opened her eyes, and she looked at me, and it was like this joy that she knew something I didn't know. Wow. And um, and, and I had a friend who was a, a Episcopalian priest, and he was smiling, and there was something he knew that I didn't really know. Intuitively, maybe I knew it, but maybe it was in my head. But she was almost looking at me and saying, Dad, it's going to be okay. Wow. So right after that, Nancy and I prayed about it. And, uh, we, we signed a DNR. And uh, the next night, Katie died in her arms. And I remember holding her and thinking, no, she should die in her mother's arms. So I put Katie in Nancy's arms, and I hugged Nancy. And wow. after she passed away, we put her down for a nap, kissed her, and left the hospital. And I... And I tell you all that in that much a few years later I was in uh, I, I was in a covenant group meeting and we were in the third year of journey which uh, you know you know about journey but it's it's a three-year program and you dive pretty deep and we were into Romans 8 I believe and and you know it's it's a section where Paul is saying you know we are we are children of God and and uh, and, and in that section it talks about you know we are heirs with Christ, right? Right. And that um, through our sufferings, you know, he he shows himself, right? His love. And so in that it was interesting, it, they called that a poof of glory, right? <laughs> a, poof of glory. a poof of glory. And it was almost like Jesus showing himself to me saying, Rick, it's going to be all right. But there I am at night and I'm right back to, okay, what am I going to do? I've got to put my head down. I've got to get through this. Mm. And I will tell you that I got back into that mode, and Nancy and I were recovering differently by going through the death of our daughter, and we ended up being separated for six months. Oh. We were ready to sign divorce papers, quite wow. But we gave it time. We had, know, I, I hear that, Rick. There's yes. um, so many times a tragedy like that in a family. Uh, it's not the complete tragedy. There's ripple effects of that. And like you said, losing a daughter put a strain on your marriage Yes, that nearly— Ended that too. That's right. And I think we were hurting so badly inside. And I think that we were in different, you know, I'm sitting here, the, the guy that wants to get out of it and say, look, we can't, we, we need to move forward. And Nancy wasn't prepared to move forward. And, uh, but we had a lot of friends that were praying for us. Um, Nancy and I uh, came back together. And again, we, I wouldn't say that it was him, it was more in my heart because I, 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 had that experience with Katie, and I knew there was a heaven, and I knew there was a Jesus, and I believed in him. But he was perhaps my Savior, but he was not my Lord, if uh, you know what I mean. What, what do you mean by that? I mean, I believed in him, but uh, I was still on the path of my plan under my power okay. for my glory. Yeah. So, um, so in that time, we had, Rob had been born. Rob uh, is our second son, and, and uh, very proud of him. And he is healthy in quotes because you know uh, what do you what do you call healthy or normal right yeah. these days? But uh, so six months after Katie died, uh, Nancy and I, not knowing that what Katie had was genetic, we started to try for another baby, and we had Matt. And six months into that, Matt started to show some things. If you know Matt, um, he's in a wheelchair, and and uh, well, I'll, I'll, that'll come out in story. But um, so Matt. Uh, was born after six months, here we go again. Wow. Right? So are we going to survive this one? Yeah. Is he going to live three years, five years, 10 years? Was it the same situation of Katie? Yes, because we, 
So now we're in, uh, you know, six, seven years later, and uh, medicine is, you know, the doctors see that this has happened again. Oh, and then they start doing further testing, and um, they realized it was genetic. But I will tell you, even today, the good news is Matt is 31 now, and uh, we, we learn to live every year, one year at a time. Yeah. But he's 31, and um, they still don't know what he has. And uh, we've been at the geneticist, and they're mapping his genes. And the doctor looks at him and says, you know, you might be famous. You, you, you might have a disease named after you. And Matt looks at me, looks at the doctor. Doctor looks at me. And uh, I said, he already thinks he's famous. <laughs> <laughs> I know Matt, and he is a rock star. When he rolls in, I mean, he draws a crowd. There's no doubt about it. Yes, yes. <laughs> So, so you, so you're getting the news that you're going to be going round two of raising a child that's got challenges like that. That's right. And you're, but you've get reclaimed your marriage. Yes. And Jesus is Savior of your life. Yes. But not Lord. So, when does that transition happen for you? Okay. Jesus becomes Lord of your life. So, as Matt grew older, um, we found Mount Pisgah um, because a friend had invited him over to church and. Uh, we had struggled with Matt fitting into the, the program at a smaller church we were at. And so at that, that Sunday, we came into the, you know, where all the youth were hanging out. And one youth comes over with a drink with a straw, another with a donut. And a third says, hey, we've got a high school uh, special needs class that Matt would love. Would, would you like us to, would, would he like to come with us? And I looked at Nancy and I said, we should try and make this work. Yeah. <laughs> right? So. Because how old is Matt at this time? He's He'd be... 17, 18, something okay. like that. Yeah. And so um, that brought me into um, a new church community. And uh, we went to uh, Nancy's part. Nancy and I both went to what was called Emmaus, which is a three day uh, walk with Christ retreat. We learned about his love and his grace. And um, so we did that a couple of times. And one of the things I tell you that uh, this retreat is getting a small group, hmm. right? Well, I was, uh, I dragged my feet, you know, I'm, I'm still in the, control mode and i'm out in the parking lot and there's a buddy of mine named matt and he had the second amass i went to is actually i was serving so matt was going okay. through and we got to know each other and he goes hey i'm starting to he goes hey thompson are you in a small group and i go no i'm lame i i'm not in <laughs> one yet he goes why don't you join mine and i had developed a relationship with matt and he was kind enough to ask and so i said yes and so we ended up meeting uh together for seven years, you wow. know, before we started to go What caused you to say yes to that invitation? Well, I, 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 I'm sure that the Lord had something to do with that, but it was just Matt's open, humble way with uh, non-judgmental. I think we called ourselves men under under construction or something like that. And uh, it was just seemed like a, 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 a way that I could uh, grow without... You know, just a safe way to do it. He made it safe for me. He made it was a it was a friend inviting you in. That's right. And yeah, don't you know? I think so many people underestimate the power of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, living invitationally, uh, like Matt was doing, was yeah. just my guess is he was praying for men to come, and instead of just hoping that they would show up, he looked at you in the face and said, "Won't you join me?" It's hard to say no to a friend when you know they're, yeah. they're stepping out. I knew he was out of his comfort zone uh, asking me and even leading it. Ah. So you know um, that that friendship developed even further. And uh, as we got through some of the studies together, um, 
we, you know, we did a number of studies and, and I, I grew in my knowledge and I, I started to, in the morning, you know, visit with Christ and communicate with Christ and, and you know, be devotions and reading and prayer. And that's gone from something that was a have to, to now a, I, I can't start my day any other way. <laughs> it's a, it's a must. Yeah. It's, a, it's like uh, air, right? And so... So anyway, we're, we're going through a study, and it's uh, called Divine Design by Chip Ingram. And basically that study was, hey, we all have spiritual gifts. We all have life experiences. How are you going to use it for, for his kingdom, right? For his glory, right. but for your joy. Hmm. And so that was intriguing to me. And, and right at that time, Matt, my Matt, not Matt Kehoe, uh, excuse me, uh, Matt was leaving high school. And he was in a kind of a high school rec league for wheelchair sports. And we would watch every year folks leave that because they aged out and they become isolated and lonely. Mm. And so at the time, I came to a pastor at our church uh, and uh, I said, uh, listen, we, we don't have a gym. We don't have any chairs. We don't have any money. We don't have insurance. But I got five players <laughs> and we'd like to start this wheelchair sports ministry. And, but I just want to back up because I forgot to say the most important point. At the end of the last session where we'd all talked about what are our spiritual gifts and what do we think we could use them for, and we didn't all have answers because it doesn't become obvious. But I was sitting there, I just said, guys, I think I'm being called because it's Matt's aging out and I'm seeing all these other kids. There's nothing for them when they leave high school. So I think we should start this wheelchair sports ministry. Matt Kehoe goes, I'm in. Now, that was 10 years ago. So the guy that invites you into the group. He, he's now, now the assistant. He's now the coach. Was now you're him. inviting him into a, yes. a, a mission. And that ministry has grown from five to over 80 kids with spina bifida, muscular dystrophy, cerebral palsy, wow. personal injury. And Matt does not have – people often come in and say, hey, Coach Matt, which of these kids is yours? Now, I say kids. They're, we call them kids. They're young adults. And Matt goes, all of them. <laughs> and he is uh, because a lot of the parents a lot of the people that would be involved in a ministry like this it's because their kid is involved in it that's right but in matt's case he's doing it because you're heading it up or that's how that's what got him into it at first right yeah but it didn't take him long he uh he's still in it and uh he, he's all in as as our other friends that that yeah. have come along beside us um, so how did you go I, from, so you have five uh, young adults that want to play wheelchair sports leagues, but yet you don't have the, the league, the place, the wheelchairs or, or anything, right? Yes. But you do have a willing heart. That's right. And you're saying yes. That's right. Rick, I can't, ex I can't tell you what that does inside of me right now because so many people think, well, God, if you'll make the way, I'll say yes. Mm -hmm. But the way it works in answering God's call is to say yes and then God makes the way. And that's exactly what happened in your life. That is what happened in my life. And I, um, you know, it's, uh, but I would say, I will say that you have to seek him mm -hmm. and you have to ask, and I do this in the morning in my prayer, what is it you want me to do today? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've, I've tried to change from, and it has been through his power, but I've tried to change from my plan, my power for my glory to his plan under his power the Holy Spirit, for his glory. Hmm. He just promises, I'll get the joy. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's the byproduct. So I, you know, it's the vine and the branches for me. It's my, it's one of my favorite. And um, John uh, 5.15, where he, um, or is it John 15? 
doesn't matter. It's the vine and the branches. Yeah, it's and John 15. Thank you. And uh, he says, you know, my father's a gardener and I'm the branches. And uh, But the branches that, uh, excuse me, my father is the, bri- the, the, my father is the gardener and I am the vine and you are the branches. Right. And the branches that don't bear fruit, broken off and thrown in the fire. But those that do bear fruit, they're pruned and they bear even more fruit. Hmm. So then later on it says, abide in me and I'll abide in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Right. And the nothing I think means to nothing eternal, yeah. right? Meaningful. Right. So I, I, I trying to follow. And so, okay, I'm going to follow him. Then all of a sudden this thing takes off. And, and you that's say, where I want to pause you for just a second, <laughs> because what did, did, before we go into the this ministry, which is so exciting, I can't wait for everybody to hear about this. And I know you love to to share what God's doing. It's God's ministry, and I know you love sure to brag is. on Him about that. Yes. But to this point, what I find so interesting is that you've gone through significant challenges with your children and the health of your children, the death of a daughter, and a, a marriage, and even a time of separation, and then reclaiming that marriage. Yes. And, and it sounds to me like the Lord has walked with you every step of that, whether you recognized it or not. That's right. And then you get this invitation to be, be in a small group, and before that's over with, now you're saying yes to God in a ministry opportunity. That's right. And, man, if that's not going from knowing Jesus as Savior to Jesus as Lord, I don't know what is. <laughs> that's a beautiful picture you just painted for us. Well, it's, uh, it's true, and uh, I would never go back and— uh, this ministry and um, the home that we're now building that has come out of that ministry, if it's not for him, it's not worth doing. That's right. So I want to uh, transition this. Um, if you're listening today, I want to say thank you so much for joining us and for just meeting my good friend Rick and hearing his faith journey. Next week, we're going to pick up back with, with Rick, and we're going to hear of this incredible ministry that God has birthed out of a discipleship group. Uh, It wouldn't have happened if he hadn't said yes to a discipleship group. So if you're out there and you're interested in getting in one or you're looking for resources or information, just go to the 419disciplemakers.org website. There's lots of resources there for you. We'd love for that to resource. And then uh, tune in next week uh, and hear how Uh, God has taken a man through some challenges in his life into a discipleship group, and from that small group is now birthed a ministry that is going to be huge, and it it is making incredible impact. So thank you for joining us, and we look forward to you next week. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. Join us again next week as we continue our conversation on the 419 Disciple Makers podcast. 